Alhamdulillahi rahmatullahi wa salatu wa salamu ala man la nabiyya ba'da amma ba'da. A'udhu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim, bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Kutiba alaykum al-siyam kama kutiba al-lazina min kamzikum la'allakum tattakun ayyama ma'udat. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. اللهم صلي على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صلي على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم. for the past almost ten years now. Almost every time I am asked to give a preparing for Ramadan talk. I begin by asking the question, why do we need to prepare? This itself is very telling. If I have to give you a preparing for Salah talk five times a day, do I have to give you a preparing for Umrah talk if you've been four or five times already in your life? Hmm? So if we need to have a talk called preparing for Ramadan, it means we are unprepared for Ramadan. Now there's a positive side to this, there's a negative side to this. Negative side is that, why are we so unprepared? When we know how to fast, we know the rules of fasting, maybe we just brush up and review in one glance the fiqh masail, ahkam al-shari'i, the legal rulings about when a fast may or may not break. But beyond that slight brush up, we should be completely ready to fast the month of Ramadan. We should know exactly what it's about. The positive side is, alhamdulillah, this shows a deeper understanding of Ramadan. That Ramadan is not just about fasting, because if it's just about fasting, I'm prepared. I know what that is, I know I have to stop eating and drinking, etc. at this time, and I can resume it at that time. I'm fully prepared for that. Only the person who, alhamdulillah, understands that Ramadan is about more than fasting, and they want more than that fasting. لَأَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ That they want the taqwa, that is the purpose and goal of fasting, then they find themselves unprepared. Because they look in their heart and their life and they say, I'm very far from taqwa. And all year I've struggled or maybe I failed to struggle or maybe I struggled and failed. Whatever it is in the month of Shabbat, I don't find myself to be muttaqi mu'min. And now this month of Ramadan is coming where Allah Ta'ala wants me to become muttaqi mu'min. We were explaining to some men last night that there are two major categories of human beings. First, is between non-mu'min and mu'min. And this is the biggest leap a human being can make, which is they leave kufr, shirk, anything other than iman, and they adopt iman, they go from a ghair mu'min insan to mu'min insan. Then the second biggest leap that a person can take is they're a ghair muttaqi mu'min, and they become muttaqi mu'min. They're not righteous, upright, pious woman, but now she wants to become she wants to become pure, pious, chaste, upright, virtuous, practicing, remembering Allah Ta'ala, Allah fearing, Allah loving, mu'mina. Allah Kabira, that's the second biggest change she can make in her life. And Allah Ta'ala is saying, that's the purpose of this month of Ramadan. So actually, you should think just the way you are students, whether you study in school, college, university, in Darulum, Madrasa, or mashallah, some of you study all of the above. Hmm? that this is one month final exam period for one month there will be papers 30 papers, one paper every day but the purpose of that 30 papers, exams is to get taqwa hmm? so then if you realize like that, then yes, the person feels I'm not prepared for that why? another reason is because we look at previous years, and previous years I fasted, but I didn't get taqwa and I've been doing it for 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years of my life. And there's nothing different in me right now. I'm the same person right now I was one year ago in Shabbat. So if last year I couldn't pull it off, I couldn't become Muttaqi in Ramadan. There's nothing different in me this year, how will I pull it off? I'm not prepared. The only thing I'm prepared to do right now is to spend Ramadan the same way I spent it last year. And there may be somebody who says I'm not even prepared for that. Maybe somebody had some fall. Maybe she got involved with some Gair Mehram. Maybe she's just having messages with Gair Mehram. 
Maybe she's just having thoughts or attraction for Ya Mihram. Maybe she's stuck in some crush and fatuation and her mind is always dwelling on the thoughts of that boy or that man. She said, I wasn't even like this last year. Last year I didn't even have this problem. Now this year I'm going to bring to Ramadan new problems. I'm going to bring additional problems to Ramadan. So some people may find themselves right now even worse than they were last year. And some will say, I'm no better. And mashallah, there may be a few of you like that who are here as well. Listen carefully what I'm about to say, because this is how it should be. And for some of you, even though it should be like that, it's not like that for you. And you should reflect why it's not the case. What? So for some of you, it should be the case that you find yourself now better than you were last year. Okay? There were some who were worse prepared because they're involved in new sin or unlawful romance. There are some who are the same, they're equally unprepared as they were last year. And there should be some who should be more prepared. But Allahu Alam, are they like that? For example, a woman who is taking part-time alam a course, she should be more prepared because she just spent one more year studying ilm of deen. She has one more year's worth of knowledge of tafsir, one more year's worth of knowledge of hadith, one more year's worth of knowledge of the fiqh, akam, laws, and life, a style that leads to the pressure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A whole year, not one lecture, not one bayan, not one course, one entire year more of ilm, ta'aleem, ta'allum, tadris, dars, ad-deen. But Allah how many of the women who actually attend such courses can say, yes, I can see the difference in me. And I'm so much more prepared for Ramadan this year because of all of the knowledge and learning of deen I got in the past one year. But it should be like that. And then if you're in that category, hmm, and you feel it's not like that, it's not true for you. Or let's take some more of you. You're a maktab teacher. Hmm? So you should say, that, well, I'm more prepared for Ramadan. Why? Because in the last one year, I have listened to students, children, maybe, or adults, Allah Wadam, or I've taught students and adults so much, one year's worth of Qur'an teaching, one year worth of listening to their sabbath, one year worth of teaching them Qur'an, one year. One year is a long time in a human being's life. Hmm? Allah Akbar, you can look in the dunya, in one year people get promotion, in one year they complete a whole project, in one year they can build a building. One year is a lot of time. You give somebody in the dunya one full year for a project, he will, she will take it so far. But Allah, if that's the case for the maktub teacher, she may find herself exactly the same place where she was. Hmm? So it should have been like that. And it's supposed to be like that. That every year we are more prepared for Ramadan. Every year we are better prepared for Ramadan. And then every year in Ramadan itself, we take more, we benefit more. And Alhamdulillah, most of us won't be at that level. So still, Allah Ta'ala, out of His mercy, He sent the month of Ramadan. Because He knew, can also be understood in this way, that Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala is saying that He has the hope. La'alla means hope. Hopefully, la'allakum. Hopefully that you, tattakun, that you may finally adopt taqwa once and for all. Why is fasting made, prescribed, written, mandatory upon you? Hopefully so that you may finally adopt taqwa once and for all. This is the way you should completely translate la'allakum tattakun. So one more chance, not one last chance, unless somebody dies before next Ramadan. Khair, any one of us could die even before this year Ramadan. Hmm? One more chance. Okay, now in this world, if somebody messes up the first time, messes up the second time, messes up the third time, we might even, the best of us, if we're very nice, we might give them more chances. But you know, we, we, we don't have the same hope. If somebody comes to me having messed something up ten times, it's okay, I'll give you eleven chance. But inside my heart, I don't feel so much hope that they will pass it the eleventh time around. Allah SWT is not like that. Allah SWT, when He said, La'Allah in Qur'an, Kalamullah, Kitabullah, is Azadi, Abadi, Kalam. It means Allah Ta'ala is as hopeful every Ramadan. Why? Because it's His hope 
not due to me and you or the quality of our fasting. His hope for us comes in all of the features, all of the mercies He has put in Ramadan. In other words, I am going to send upon you this incredibly mercy, forgiveness, rahmah, makra, hidayah, guidance filled month of Ramadan, that this month of Ramadan has so much power in it, it can obliterate all your laziness, your sin, your neglect, and I hope that you will finally, once and for all, adopt taqwa. Allah Akbar Kabila. So this is one way to make dua to Allah SWT. Even now, in the month of Shaban, leading to Ramadan, certainly during Ramadan, at every suhoor and iftar, that Ya Rabbi Kareem, you had a hope by means of this fast. For example, you make me a suhoor, I'm about to fast. Why? So don't just say I'm about to make a fast, a farad fast of the month of Ramadan. You say that also, you don't even have to say it. Those of you who know more ill, you just intentionalize in the heart. It's only vocalized on the tongue for those people who are worried that they may not be able to remember it in the heart. And when the ulama, they saw that people had such little zikr and awareness of Allah SWT in their heart, so they tried to tell everybody that they should vocalize it with their tongue. So what is the niyyah? Niyyah is I intend to fast a farad fast in the month of Ramadan for the sake of Allah. Alright. That niyyah is intention is sufficient to make your fast valid. You should go further. What? I make niyyah to fast, a farad fast in the month of Ramadan for Allah SWT لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ So that I can finally adopt taqwa once and for all. Ya Allah, you have hope that this fast of mine will give me taqwa. I have hope in your hope for me. Hmm? Otherwise I'm hopeless about myself and I have hope in your hope for me. Then when you make dua iftar, Ya Allah, I finish this fast. I'm just about to finish this fast and offer it up to you. You know, the moment you take that first sip of zamzam, or you take that first bite of the date, inshallah, you immediately, that's the offering of your fast to Allah SWT. You should think just the same way, that when a person does ziba, you know, uthiya, meaning the sacrificial animal slaughter, and as soon as they say, Bismillah, Allah Akbar, and they take that knife on that animal's neck, and they sever its crowded artery, and Allah Ta'ala, has the angels take the ruh out of that animal, then that sacrifice is offered to Allah SWT at that moment. Just like that, that first sip of zamzam or first bite of date, inshallah, that you take is you're offering that fast to Allah SWT. You're presenting that fast to Allah SWT. So then also your niyyah, intention, and dua, and your talab, your yearning should be what? لَأَلَّكُمْ تَرْتَكُونَ that Allah Ta'ala, I'm offering this fast, completing this fast, I'm about to end this fast, and I'm sending this fast, presenting this fast to you, for only one reason, that you have hope, that I would get taqwa from this fast, I have hope in your hope, Ya Allah, make me from the muttaqeen mu'minat, from the taqiyya naqiyya mu'minat. Allah Akbar Kabira, this is how you should fast in the month of Ramadan. So really the best way to prepare for Ramadan, very simply, is to want taqwa. If you want taqwa, you are thirsty for taqwa, you are willing to change anything and everything in your life for taqwa, you are willing to abandon, leave everything that is against taqwa, you are prepared for Ramadan. And if you are not willing to do those things, you are willing to fast, maybe you think, okay, I'll take a one month break, hmm? one month break, I'll send messages to Ramadan, we shouldn't talk now, talk to you, I'll eat. Allah Akbar Kabira, that's not taqwa. Hmm? It means you're not prepared. That's like cheating. Hmm? You can't fool Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hmm? You can fool everyone in the world except two beings. Two, not one, two. Number one, you can't fool Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And number two, you can't fool yourself. As long as you have a drop of iman in your heart, Deep down, deep, deep, deep in your heart, that one drop of iman will know that this is a joke. This is a, this is, she's trying to fool me. Hmm? It's not going to help me. I won't get taqwa this way. If she just temporarily suspends certain things for one month, but her whole niyyah and intention is to go back to them after the month. Allah Akbar, you and your Gujarati English, the way you write messages, huh? So you would write, Mm, salams, S-L-M-Z Or you say Z S-L-M-Z, Salams hmm? We 
who should not talk in Ramadan, uh, we will talk afterwards. Dua meyad. You will even write that. Hmm? So if we won't talk to each other in Ramadan, but we'll make dua for each other in Ramadan. And we have full intention to start messaging and talking again after Ramadan. La hawla wa la quwata la billah. That's not taqwa. That's deception. Hmm? Deep down your heart knows it also. That's not enough. And you have to think, Allah Ta'ala is your God or Ramadan is your God? If you leave the boy, talking to the boy for Ramadan, so you can't leave him for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala? Allah Akbar So number one problem in all age groups, all age groups, all the way from 12 to 60 years old, how you would be shocked. If you knew what I knew, some of you would faint right now. Hmm? Literally, you would faint, you would fall unconscious. The level of shocking things that go on in five times practicing men, women, niqab, everything. Hmm? It's all delusion. The way to prepare for Ramadan is you want to leave all falsehood. You want to leave all sin. You want to leave all nifaq. That's the way and that's the only way to prepare for Ramadan. If there's anything, anything you think that I'm not going to change it, anything you say I'm not going to leave it, you are not prepared for Ramadan. And what Sayyidina Rasulullah said, that there will be people from my ummah who get nothing from the fast except hunger and thirst. You should be ready that that is the only thing you are prepared for. You are only prepared to get hunger and thirst and nothing else from Ramadan. Nothing else means no taqwa. And mashallah, in UK, you will fast 18 hours or 20 hours or 21 hours, depending on how correctly you understand the rulings of Fajr. Huh? You will fast. Can you imagine so much hunger and thirst? Reason to get taqwa, but you defeated it yourself from the outset because you didn't make niya for change. You didn't want the taqwa. So the only real way to prepare for Ramadan is to want taqwa. To want a greater love, to want a greater romance, to want a greater passion. Hmm? And that's how you have to spend Ramadan. Now look, every sin that a person does they do it either for some pleasure, or for some benefit, or for some happiness. Alright? Pleasure, benefit, or happiness. They say, well, it makes me happy. Alright? They say, I get some benefit, like especially the sense to do with money. They see some fa'ida, some naf'a, some benefit in it. Some advantage is given to them. So in Ramadan, then, what you're, the way you spend Ramadan, is you're trying to, not just hunger and thirst, you spend Ramadan that you're trying to change your heart, you're trying to change your mind, you're trying to change your outlook. To what? That for me, from now on, all pleasure, all nafa, khair, and all happiness comes only from Allah. That's it. I want to become like such a person. That I cannot find anything, nothing can give me happiness if it's something Allah doesn't want from me. That's called taqwa. You understand? So right now this is a problem because we get happy at things that Allah is not happy about. We get happy if the boy messages us. Allah is not happy about that. But it makes us happy. Hmm? We take pleasure in sleeping through pleasure. Allah is not happy about that. But we get pleasure of sleeping. So any pleasure, any benefit, hmm? we think it's to our advantage to be mean to somebody else or to backbite somebody else or to have rivalry, competition, jealousy for sister-in-law, or rivalry, competition, jealousy for fellow maktab teacher. Allah Akbar. I hope I'm scoring some points. I'm firing arrows. I don't know. Allah Akbar. Because you're upstairs, I'm downstairs. But I hope I'm hitting some bullseyes here. Hmm? Ah, subhanAllah. You do these things for your advantage? You think this is advantage? You think this is nafa? No, Allah doesn't. Thinking like that. Allah doesn't view it like that. Allah doesn't regard it like that. So taqwa means that all my pleasure, all my nafa, faida, khair, advantage, benefit, and number three, all my happiness, joy, delight. These three things can only be lillah fillah. These three things can only be what Allah wants for me. I can only be happy with what Allah is happy about. 
I can only view it as khair what Allah Ta'ala views as khair and I can only view it as pleasure what Allah Ta'ala has allowed me to view as pleasure. That's called taqwa. Now you understand? It's very important because if I just say fear Allah Ta'ala, you'll say, okay, I try to fear Allah, I know I should fear Allah Ta'ala, but that's too after. For most of you, for most of you, that's a different level of person who can understand what fear of Allah is. That's a different beyond you've given it, you can listen to it on the website. Okay? You should listen to that actually. So beyond and fear of Allah, there are two, three different ones on the website. But for ordinary girl or woman, sometimes you don't understand, that's too abstract. You can listen to beyond, yes, I should fear Allah, and you walk away, but you don't know how to change yourself to fear Allah. What you should do differently, or do more to fear Allah. So understand taqwa today in a different way. The way I explained to you. All your pleasures are for Allah, all happiness is for Allah, all khair is for Allah. All your pleasures have to be pleasing to Allah, all your happiness is permissible by Allah, all of your khair has to be with Allah views as khair. That's called taqwa, that's what you have to change. So now it's very simple, then how do you prepare for Ramadan? So you look in your heart, you look in your relationships, you look in your life, you look in your lifestyle, and you see. Is there anything going on in my life that actually does make me happy, but I know Allah Ta'ala would not be happy with it? Hmm? You have to change that. That's called taqwa. You have to give up, sacrifice, let go your happinesses, the things that do make you happy. And I'll explain this again. The things that make you happy, but don't, but Allah Ta'ala is not happy with that, you have to give that up. That is called taqwa. Now the second thing remember I told you that you can't fool yourself. So let me show you the delusion that we've been using to fool ourselves. What did I say? That it makes you happy, but it doesn't make Allah happy. Okay, let's go back. No, it doesn't make you happy. It makes your nafs happy, and it makes your ruh unhappy. It makes your nafs happy, it makes your ruh unhappy. It might make your aql happy, it makes your kalb unhappy. Hmm? Anything that you think makes you happy, if it's something that Allah Allah is happy with, then that happiness will go deep into your ruh, in your kalb. And if it's something that you think makes you happy, but Allah SWT is not happy with that, the only part of you that can become happy is your nafs or your akal. Nafs is the part of your animal desires. The same thing that an animal has. So animal has lust. Animal has anger, rage in the hunt. Hmm? Animal has greed. It does not share its catch with others. All of these things. Animals have competition, rivalry with each other for mastery of the jungle, mastery of territory. Alright? These are animal traits. This is called nafs. And akal means your own mind, your own... For some people their mind has ideology, for some people their mind is culture, for some people their mind is personality, whatever is in your mind, alright? What you think makes you happy. So if you do something, yes, when you say it makes you happy, when I acknowledge this, yes, you are happy. It's your nafs that is happy, it's your uncle that is happy. And if Allah Ta'ala is not happy with it, your ruh is sad, your kalb is sad. Now this is the real understanding why people become depressed. Because depression is a symptom of a ruh and a kalb that is sad. A soul, a spirit, and a heart, a spiritual heart that is unhappy. The outward manifestation of that is depression, is apathy, is I don't feel like doing anything, I just want to stare out the window. In the olden days it used to be just stare out the window. Now you have a new window, it's called your screen. I just want to stare at the screen. I don't care what it is. You can, I can go surf on Amazon and look at 20 different types of microwaves. I can surf on Amazon and read 50 different news sites. Surf on Amazon and look at all types of clothes. I, whatever it is, it's the new window for you. Before people would just stare out the window, they had nothing else to stare out. But this is human nature, that when you're depressed, you just want to stare. You want to, what in America we call veg out, you want to enter a vegetative state, you just want to go blank. You want to do nothing. And you want to spend a lot of hours doing nothing. One minute of doing nothing is not enough for the person to rest. They want to spend hours and hours doing nothing. 
and they want to do that every day. Alright? So, Shaitan created internet. Shaitan didn't really create the internet. Human beings created the internet. But Shaitan inspired, let's say, right? Shaitan whispered into the minds of some human beings to put some certain types of things on the internet, which would be a much bigger fitna than just looking out the window. Let's just put it that way. Alright? Because that's what a person does. They just want to stay. So you have to tell what's the sign? That's that you're not happy. You're not happy. Hmm? So taqwa means that you prefer your ruh and your kalb over your nafs and your akal. This is another way to understand taqwa. Because up to now most people, and this is another beyond you can hear on the website and we gave here in this masjid once many years ago. Not so many, but a few years ago. Of kalb al-salim on a pure heart. And in that we explain what's the difference between kalb, nafs, ruh, akal, all of these things. So taqwa means stop living your life for the sake of your nafs and akal. Stop living your life for the sake of your desires and your own personality. And start, start, start living your life for your ruh and kalb. Start living that. You need an eye for that. The Qur'an al-Kareem and the Sunnah of Nabi al-Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam there's a blueprint and a map of the life that is lived for the ruah, for the spiritual soul and for the qalb, for the spiritual heart. Hmm? And alhamdulillah, now I'll go back to Ramadan, la'allakum tattakul. So what happens, what's another thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will do in Ramadan because he's going to be giving us hidayah to get taqwa. So another thing that Allah subhanahu wa will do in Ramadan is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself, Allah akbar zati ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa will send rizq in the form of his nur and rahma and hidayah onto our ruh and our kalb. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will strengthen for who? For that woman who does the fast, who prays, who fulfills all the faraiz and wajibat on that day and leaves the sins that was haram on that day, then Allah SWT will boost her spiritual soul, her ruh, and Allah SWT will boost her spiritual heart, her kalb. So much so that in during Ramadan, she will end up living a life, which is taqwa, living a life based on her ruh and her kalb. When she fasts, her ruh becomes strong. When she makes ibadah to Allah SWT, whether it's taraweeh, reciting Qur'an, making dua, making zikr of Allah's name, making zikr of tasbih, subhanallah, ibn reciting salawat, dirut shrif on Nabi Kareem, sallallahu alayhi she does teaching, she does dawah, she listens to tafsir of Qur'an, she teaches tafsir of Qur'an, whatever acts of ibadah, whatever a'mal of salih, good deeds she does, all, her, all of that nur and barakah goes to her kalb. And she will get basically to spend to the barakah of the fasting. One month she will get to live the life of a muttaqi woman. One month Allah Ta'ala will let her taste and experience the life of the ruh and the kalb. This is also a hidayah from Allah Ta'ala. In other words, you can say like this that Allah Ta'ala teaches us in many places of Quran, but right here in the beginning of the Surah Al-Baqarah, to have iman bil-ghayb, to believe in the unseen. In Ramadan, Allah makes certain aspects of the unseen seen, in the sense that me and you should have already been willing to sacrifice any and every unlawful happiness, pleasure, and benefit for the sake of taqwa. And then after we did the sacrifice, we would believe without knowing beforehand that Allah would give us a blessed, pure, chaste life which is known as the life of taqwa. In Ramadan, Allah Ta'ala gives us a free sample that you spend this month in fasting, Allah Ta'ala will give you a free sample one month that you will get to experience what it means to live a life of taqwa. And then, Allah Akbar, what's supposed to happen is the person is so strong after that month that now they own taqwa. Now they have adopted taqwa. Now they have internalized taqwa, so they no longer need the fast to remain on taqwa. That's what's supposed to happen in Ramadan. So also understand, 
Ramadan is not just a month that you count off the days and you start get 29 days, 30 days, we're done. No, 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 no. Ramadan does not end. The end of Ramadan is the beginning of Taqwa. So what happens when you start Ramadan? You start Ramadan that I'm too weak to have Taqwa, so therefore I need something which will give me a boost for Taqwa, that is called fasting. That for 29 to 30 days you do the fasting, and you adopted Taqwa consciously every day and night, so that now, alhamdulillah, you have Taqwa, so you're no longer the way you were at the start of Ramadan, that you were too weak to have Taqwa, and you need to fast to get Taqwa, now at the end of Ramadan you've adopted Taqwa, so the only thing that ends in Ramadan is now your muttaqi la'allakum tattakun has happened, and now you don't need the fast anymore to have Taqwa, you have Taqwa yourself. So actually everything else was supposed to stay the same after Ramadan. But because we're weak, and we don't reach that stage at the end of Ramadan, and we begin Ramadan and we end Ramadan in the same way, that our taqwa was dependent on our fasting. So when we stop the fasting, when Ramadan ends, most of us, we start gradually letting go of that life and lifestyle of taqwa. And then one by one, we return back to the life of akal and nafs, and we leave the life of ruh and kalb, and then again ten months pass like that, and we end up in Shaban, and we're looking at the coming of yet again, inshallah, another month of Ramadan. And we wonder what can we do differently this time around? How can we prepare better this time around? So actually it really becomes a month of taqwa for us. It's not just a month of fasting for us. A month of fasting, that's for children. Anybody who's mature, adult, 16 plus, Allah for yes, 16 plus means mature adult person in Islam. Right? Even some would put it even earlier. I've been generous in putting it at 16. Some put it at 12. Hmm? Now that we are mature adults, mu'mineen, mu'minat, so we should want some mature taqwa. Hmm? So I think there may be some younger girls here, anywhere from 14 to 20 or whatever you want to call it. So, you know, boys also, for that matter, girls and boys both when they're young, they really want to grow old. But not when they're 2, 3, 4 years old, but when they cross 12. Between 12 and 16, they just want to be 18 to 22, right? Now, but in what sense? Now, again, the world is a place of deception. It's deceived our children that they want to become mature and adult physically. They want to be mature and adult in terms of society. They want to be mature and adult in terms of certain other roles, let's just put it that way. But they don't want to be mature and adult when it comes to taqwa. They don't want to be mature and adult when it comes to ruh. They don't want to be mature and adult when it comes to kalb. In fact, in that they stay as children. And this continues amongst people as they keep getting old. I have met men in their 20s and 30s who still act and behave like they're 18 years old. Allah Akbar. They're really happy to be 20s and 30s in the sense that they have money, they have car, they have Mercedes. Hmm? Uh, the men aren't here, otherwise I would be scoring some bullseyes on them. Right? But as far as their ruh and their kalb and their taqwa, they're still children. Hmm? So it's a skewed concept of what it means to be an adult. We want to be adult in every aspect of our life other than being. And when it comes to deen, or taqwa, or ibadah, or tahajjud, or zikr, or dua, or Quran, or sunnah, we remain children. Hmm? And then what happens, so now to address the crowd here who is of that age, then you have children, huh? and then mashallah some of you, alhamdulillah, in a good way, then you want your children to be better than you, and you want your children to be strong on deen, firm on deen, passionate about deen, but let me tell you something, you're going to have to grow up yourself first on deen, if you want your children to be stronger on deen. The more you change as a mother, and it, it takes you know two hands to clap, the more the husband changes as a father. And really, Allah, mashallah, sometimes one parent can pull it off, but much more chances of success when both parents do it. So if both parents mature and grow in terms of their ruh, their kalb, their iman, their haya, their taqwa, their ibadah, then there's a chance that they can train and raise, do tarbiyah and raise their children to some type of spiritual adulthood. 
But if they themselves are still spiritually children, then how are they going to raise their children into spiritual adults? Yes, in the worldly sense they're adults. They have degrees, or they have jobs, or they have earnings, they have wisdom, they have experience. So in that sense they can raise their children as adults. Because they are adults in the worldly sense. But they're still not mature spiritually. So how can somebody who themselves is immature spiritually take a child and make them mature spiritually? Hmm? So that's another thing then for those of you who are 25 to 50. Maybe you have children, you have nephews, you have nieces. Hmm? Or maybe you teach children in maktab. So the more spiritually mature and strong you become in this month of Ramadan, the more, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala will use you as a sabab and as a means to bring about more nur and taqwa in the hearts of the young people you interact with, whether they're your children or your nephews and nieces or your students in Baghdad. Hmm? So really, Ramadan has everything to offer. Every single thing in deen that you've ever read about in Qur'an, that anybody commented upon in tafsir, anything in deen that Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned in hadith and sunnah, anything that the hadith scholars muhaddithul commented on, anything that the fuqaha jurists understood from the Qur'an and sunnah, anything and everything in deen that is available to you is on offer in the month of Ramadan. Not just fasting. Hmm? So then another way to prepare for Ramadan, so the first thing was taqwa, the second is that you should have niyyah, that you want to all the The purpose in Ramadan is not just that I successfully fast and pray to Raweer. My purpose in Ramadan is I fast and pray to Raweer and I use the fasting of the day and the praying at night as a launching pad to get all the I want all of the deen in one month. All of it. Allah Akbar. Yes, it can happen. And if you want it, that's what's going to make it happen. And if you never don't want it, and you don't aspire for it, and you don't make near intention for it, you won't make the offer, it won't happen. Okay, there might be some women who are saying, okay, what about my husband? Hmm? My husband is not going to do anything. I'll be lucky if I can get my husband to fast. He won't even pray that I will. Okay, no problem. Right? Understand this, I know for some women who are in difficult situations, what I'm about to say is going to be hard to believe. And I'm telling you honestly from the bottom of my heart. However little your husband may do in Ramadan, it will not hold you back in any way. You still have to do as much as you can. Yes, you can tell me all the rational things that will just increase the gap in us, we're already poles apart, we're already so different, it's already so hard for me to manage as it is. He has a totally different understanding of Deen, I have a different understanding of Deen. It doesn't matter, you keep going, you keep going. Allah Taala is the one who helps in these situations. If there's a problem in family due to anger that you have to fix, if there's a problem in family due to betrayal, disloyalty, infidelity, the family has to fix. If there's a problem due to family, due to lying, the family has to fix. There's so many things. However, if this problem, that one spouse, and it might be the husband or better than the wife, if one spouse is more on Deen, and the other spouse is less on Deen, the way to fix this is not, not for the spouse who is more on Deen to slow down. No, no. The spouse who is more on deen, whatever karam, fuzzle, tawfiq, hidayah Allah SWT gave them, they should do shukr for that, they should, do, they should be grateful for that, they should do qadr of that, they should value and be appreciative of that, and they should keep going as far as they can, and this problem, which is the gap in the deen between the spouses, that Allah SWT will fix. That Allah SWT will fix. Yes, you can play a role in that. You have to try to make sure that the spouse does not feel that you are somehow distant or disenfranchised from them because you are further in deen than they are. That you still have to be the good mother to them or the good wife to them or the good daughter to them. You should not change your hukukul in any way. You should not change your relationship with others in any way. You may say that nobody is uncaring. It doesn't matter. You keep doing what you do. I'll give you a perfect example. 
you will see people in dunya, there's a field in dunya, many women are in this field actually, it's called customer service, alright, might be an air hostess in the plane, might be uh, the woman who, when you go to the hotel and check in the room, and they're trained as what? You have to be nice to the person, it doesn't matter, they're rude to you, you still be nice to them. They're not paying attention to you, you're still nice to them. That's what they're trained. They're trained that this is your duty. You will be nice, polite, courteous, friendly, happy, smiling, no matter what the customer and client is like. Why? Because you are customer service representative. This is your duty, this is your identity. So just like that, in terms of our relationship with others, it doesn't matter what the other person is. You, it, it, it obviously it matters and makes a great impact on your life and your emotional well-being, right? But in terms of how you will behave, you will continue. You will be the wife, let me put it this way, the most extreme way I can explain to you. You will try your best to be the wife that Umm Mu'mineen Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha and Umm Mu'mineen Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha were whether your husband is the closest thing to the Prophet alive or whether your husband is the closest thing to Fir'aun alive. It doesn't make a difference. In terms of you will be true to your deen. You will be true to Allah subhanahu You will be the best daughter hmm, to your parents. Whether your parents are the type of father that Sayyidina Rasulullah was to say the Fatima Vidyatanha or Allah, I don't even know whoever is one of the worst fathers in the world in history, you will still be like Fatima. Hmm? You, and, and that, your istikama on that, that you will not back down from being who Allah wants you to be. That's what attracts Allah secret, special, what we call Ghaybi Madad wa Nusra, yani his unhidden, unseen, unknown, special help and benefaction and mercy. Alright? And this could take years. It doesn't matter. You may have to spend 10 years being a wife like Khadija to a husband for 10 years of life for all. And maybe in year 11 he might change. Hmm? And perfect example for you in that is none other than who? You should guess none other than the wife of Fir'aun herself, and you all know about her, you should all know about her, her name was Asiya, radiyallahu ta'ala anha, Ajeeb. and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised her a palace in Jannah, in Jannah al-Firdaus, next to Sayyidina Rasulullah, he's done the law of the Islam. Hmm? And khair, different muhaddithin have even more, said even more things, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I won't, repeat that to you right now, right? Uh, so, see, hmm? to you, that's another aspect of taqwa, another thing for you to reflect on, right? There may be many people, and I know that's a problem, and that has to be worked on, that has to be fixed, that's all that we've done on that also, there's a marriage course on the workshop, and there are all these things on the website, right? But you as an individual, and Ramadan a lot is about your developing and changing yourself as an individual. You have to be the person Allah wants you to be in every different role, function, capacity, identity of your life. Irrespective of what's going on around you. You have to be true even if others are untrue. You have to be loyal even if others are disloyal. You have to be chaste and pure even if others have infidelity. This is the teaching of being. I know that's hard for some people, right? But I will tell you, and if you can, if only you can understand this, the only way you can save yourself from depression, from crippling sadness, from outright insanity, when somebody in your close life is treating you poorly, or is being unfair to you, or doing zulm on you, the only way you can save your own self from complete emotional collapse is by being true to who Allah wants you to be. And that silk, that truth, that istiqama, that perseverance, being who Allah wants you to be, is the only thing that will save and protect you from your own downfall. And if you don't do that and you slip, 
you become untrue because they're untrue. You become unchanged because they're unchanged. Hmm? Then you won't you won't fix them. They won't get any better. Only you will bring you will only bring about your own downfall as well. You will be in double loss. Hmm? You know, this is one of the hardest things to do, and this is this is the teaching I just told you right now. This is what is meant by stubborn. This is what is meant by istikama. This is meant by endurance, patience, endurance, perseverance, steadfastness. This is another major aspect of taqwa. Major aspect of taqwa. And this is also something that you should make niyah of in Ramadan, that you should make dua to Allah subhanahu for in Ramadan. And this is also something that maybe in the whole year we weren't strong enough to do it. The whole year we felt I'm struggling, I can't take it anymore, I'm suffering, I feel like I'm just going to collapse. Again, in Ramadan is the month that if you make that niyyah, intention and dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that you want to be true to who He wants you to be, in Ramadan He will give you that strength. He will give you that himma. He will give you that hope. He will give you that focus again. And then, it's not just one night or one day, and then He will let you live for 29, 30 days and nights, one whole month, with that yaqeen, with that tawakkul, with that certainty and trust and dependence on Allah subhanahu wa And then again, the month of Ramadan will end, but that yaqeen has to stay, that tawakkul has to stay. Just like we said, the month of Ramadan will end, and the taqwa has to stay. And so that's the last thing we will tell you for today, and that's called istiqama and kubudiyya, that your real way to prepare for Ramadan is to make goals, not just for what you want to accomplish in this month, but to make goals for what you want to take from this month and use to accomplish in your whole life. That's called istiqama. What you want to do your whole life. You want to be constant and consistent on your whole life and that you want it to be accepted by Allah subhanahu That is called kubudiyya. So these are the du'as to make all the time, every suhoor, every iftar, inshallah, after every taraweeh, after reciting prayer after any good deed that you do in that month, and you can start that practice and begin that practice now, is you making dua for tazkiyah, for your purification. And tazkiyah means to remove every obstacle that is between you and taqwa, to make dua for taqwa itself, to make dua for your istikama and your kubuliyah, and to make niyat that you want to change your whole life and your own self, whole self, in this month of Ramadan. We make dua that Allah subhanahu wa accept this need from each of us for our own selves and that we make this dua to Allah Ta'ala for one another and each other and we make dua to Allah Ta'ala for all of our friends and family and for all of the Ummah that may each and every member of the Ummah get all of the nur of Ramadan all of the taqwa and deen all of the hayat iman that may be restored to a strong ruh and a strong qalb by the end of Ramadan
better children, better siblings, better friends to one another, better colleagues in our work, in our Islamic institutions, in a became grant us the humility of the heart, grant us the honesty of the tongue, in a became increase us in our fear of you, in our awareness of you, in our love for you. Ya Rabb, give us tawfiq, Ya Allah, to make true tawb of every single sin, every sinful relation, every sinful conversation, every sinful feeling, every sinful inclination, every sinful thought, that it became and replace it, Ya Rabb, with a pure relationship with you, with intense conversation with you, with strong feelings for you, with intimate love with you. Take out every unlawful love and romance from our heart and put the true love for you in our heart. Love for Deen Islam, love for Quran Karim, love for Nabi Karim, love for Ibadat, love for Amal Saleh. Yet we ask that you send your special Rahman Karam on all of our spouses, make them strong in Deen, steadfast in Deen, make them our partners in Deen, join our hearts in love for you, Ya Rabbi Karim, protect our spouses from every fitna, protect our spouses from every facade, protect our spouses from every temptation, Ya Rabbi Karim, make door for our children, Ya Rabbi, make our children firm on Deen, steadfast on Deen, protect them from the fitna of ideology, the fitna of kufr, Ya Rabbi Karim, protect them from the fitna of sin and the lack of hayat in this world, Ya Rabbi Karim, raise our children to be from the muttaqeen mu'mineen, from the salihin mu'mineen, from the siddiqeen salihin mu'mineen, Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Karim, make me to offer all of our parents, Ya Allah, Rabbi Alhamdulillah, Ya Rabbi Karim, Ya Rabbi Karim, send your special rahmah on our parents, Get them health in their old age, get them strength of Iman in their old age, guide them to Iman, guide them to Ibada, guide them to Amalia the Kareem, take them away from this world in such a state, Raliyatam Mandiya, that they are pleased with you and you are pleased with them, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Rabbi, make dua for this community, all the women who are teachers or students in the Maktan, Darloom, Madrasa, all the women who are attendees or come for the women's programs or from wherever they may came, or wherever they may be listening, in the beginning they ask that you preserve them, Ya Rabbi, make them from the quality, grant them the qualities of the Umahat al-Mu'mineen, Azwadi Mutaharat, of the Sahabiyat, of the pious women from the Taveen and Tabai Taveen, raise from them, Ya Rabbi, the women who will be the Alimat of the Ummah, the true Zakirat, Salihat, Alimat of the Ummah, that it be green, get them im, get them amal on their im, get them ikhlas on their amal, get them istikama on their ikhlas, get them kubudiya on their amal and ikhlas, that it be green, that we ask that everyone has their own silent plea, their own dua they make to you, the sick ask for your health, the needy ask for your barakah and their earning, the sad ask for you the happiness of their heart, Yet it be kareem, whatever pious laws they are making, that you honor it, that you grant it, that you accept it, Ya Rabb. Rabbana takamma minna inna ka anta sami'um alim. Watubu alayna inna ka anta tawabur rahim. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala habibihi Sayyidina Muhammad. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.